This episode of the Supply Chain Brain Podcast is supported by Holman Logistics, a third-party logistics provider serving manufacturers of consumer packaged goods and durable goods. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company along with its partner, OneTrack, and what they offer to customers. But now, on to the podcast. AI is combining with computer vision to bring new levels of safety and efficiency to the warehouse. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Artificial intelligence is making all kinds of inroads into logistics, distribution, and supply chain. But one of the most interesting applications today is in computer vision systems inside the warehouse. Smart cameras capturing data and images are having a dramatic impact on quality, productivity, and worker safety. On this episode, we'll learn about the cutting edge of this technology. My guests are Brian Downey, president of Holman Logistics, and Mark Gongosi, CEO and founder of OneTrack. Nowadays, a computer can detect everything from a bump in the floor to how workers are operating their equipment and even the unauthorized use of personal cell phones. The warehouse of the future has arrived. Here is my conversation with Brian Downey and Mark Gongosi. Brian Downey, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here. And Mark Gongosi, welcome as well. Thanks a lot for having me. Great to be here. Thanks to both of you. I really appreciate you being here with me today to talk about this really interesting issue. Let me start by directing a question to Brian, and that is just give me a kind of a sense of an overall view of the emerging technologies or the trends that are offering the greatest potential for transforming the so-called warehouse of the future. If you've been to ProMat or Modex recently, certainly robots, robots, robots seems to be oh, that's for the, sure. uh, the theme that I saw. I mean, everybody saw the, uh, I think they're called the Tesla robots, these two kind of humanoid things, you know, going back and forth, picking up bins and putting them on a conveyor belt, which is really cool. But that said, where I have a lot of experience in warehouses, stuff coming in on freight and going out on freight. It's coming in on a pallet and going out on a pallet. And I think a lot of warehouses in the future are going to continue to, uh, to do that. So I think automation, autonomous mobile robots are certainly very applicable in our space, particularly in e-commerce. They're really already there. What you need for automation like that is a lot of consistency. Uh, you need consistency in product type, consistency in handling modes, what things go in and out, how they come in and out, go into a truck, and know the flow, you know uh, the volume levels. That works pretty well. From a customer-facing distribution center standpoint, there's way too many variables really, that make automation somewhat difficult from an actual handling of the product in and out. Well, we'll definitely delve into that uh, as, as we go. That's a lot to bite off to at the beginning of this conversation. But let me just turn to Mark and ask you, Mark, for your view of this whole landscape of the emerging technologies that you think offer the greatest potential for transforming this warehouse of the future that we're talking about today. The way we look at it is really focused on where can automation not necessarily just be used to automate a physical process, automate discovery of interesting information about how to better run a warehouse. 
ultimately, I think in, in many warehouse operations today, the bottleneck in making improvements and having a, a potential for a positive impact on how the warehouse operates is there's a vast amount of data. There's a huge level of complexity, especially when you deal with multi-customer sites. And so making sense of that data, identifying opportunities for improvement, and then deploying your team to focus on those opportunities and coach your employees is one of the most difficult tasks and challenges that faces every single logistic company out in the market today. And that's where I think technology has a huge opportunity to automate not necessarily just the physical movement of products, but sort of the digital identification of those opportunities and then focusing the team in very specific areas where they can have a positive impact on the operation of the whole. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you expand the whole definition of automation from what we normally think it would be, especially in the warehouse, is an interesting observation. But I'm wondering, though, how do we even start? Like, let's say we're just starting at the stage of so-called ideation, innovation with an organization. How do you begin to do that? And what are the strategies that have proven to you most effective in driving successful outcomes down the line. Brian? Absolutely. It's a team-based approach that we take. I mean, you really have to get everyone's buy-in. For me, I'm a tech geek. I love you know, what's, what's new. I love things that are, that are different. I love asking the question, how, how can we do things differently? And certainly technology over the past 100 years has, has progressed so incredibly. From an ideation standpoint, it's exposing ourselves to what's new and what's out there, getting out to places like Promat and Modex reading the trade magazine, being open to, to hearing from vendors when, when, when they reach out to you, and asking questions, finding the difficult points, the pain points in your warehouse and, and how things are coming in and out, and being willing to explore what annoys you. That, that's where the, <laughs> the opportunities are to optimization efforts. But for us, I think doing that kind of team-based approach where for me, like I might have a great idea, but I have to get the buy-in of my team. They have to have ownership of the idea as well in order for it to be successful. Because if I come in and say, hey, guys, here's a new technology we're going to use, and somebody feels like it's being forced upon them, then it's not going to go over very well. But if I can kind of sure. bring them along in the process and have everybody participate in it, that's what it becomes really successful. I love the idea of annoyance being the catalyst for innovation. <laughs> I mean, what, what bugs us is what we want to address and what we want to change, and we come up with these great ideas. Mark, how do you approach the uh, metaphorical whiteboard when you're sitting down at the uh, ideation and innovation stage? How do you even get your brain around it, move forward and into something that's really going to materialize as something effective down the line? So one of the concepts or, or development principles that we sort of try to take from internally how we operate from a software development side and apply to how our customers implement the machine learning and AI technology that we develop is what we call the one-day build. So when we have a new idea or a new new innovation or approach to something that we want to explore, we prioritize getting a first prototype up and running within the day. And if it's not possible to make some meaningful improvement or get some meaningful results within that day, then we reevaluate what we're trying to solve. And I think if you take that approach or that principle and apply to deploying novel technology in warehouses, you can bridge some of those potential gaps or challenges that you might run into in terms of deploying new technology into environments that have just always been run like that or have always operated like that and, and address some of those potential change management challenges ahead of time by having very quick, very fast results. That's something that's really key. That's embodied in that one-day build or really fast deployment approach because you don't have to wait for results to take a long time to materialize, but the team can see the impact 
of what the technology does on day state operations, literally on day one. And that's really key. We could go on talking about the idea of innovation and ideation from a very abstract or philosophical standpoint, but I'd like to know how it materializes in the real world or how it has materialized. Give us an example of just what shape this approach takes. So, Brian, share with me, if you will, an example of what you would be considered to be a significant innovation or a breakthrough you've seen in the warehouse and logistics industry, the impact it had, and how it changed the whole warehousing landscape. One of the uh, really cool things that we've been able to do enabled video tracking technology on our lift trucks. It's been able to address not only finding behaviors that we would like to mitigate and, and reduce out in the warehouse after it happened, but also to identify leading indicators that were going to have safety or productivity issues. There have been plenty of telematics systems in the past on lift trucks. Some systems have G-force sensors that if, if a particular truck has some kind of G-force event, it'll lock out the truck and keep it from being able to move at all. But if, let's say, there's a, a bump in the warehouse floor that people have to drive over every day, and the, the, the system isn't able to to distinguish between driving over a bump and, say, hitting a, a piece of infrastructure or another lift truck, then everyone's just going to get annoyed and they're going to turn off the system and they're not going to get anything from that system. So with, with this AI-enabled camera system that we've implemented, we've been able to identify what are the events that actually are leading indicators or are teachable moments that we do want to focus on and be able to filter out the events that aren't helpful. And by focusing just on the events that, that are helpful, uh, we've been able to, to get some pretty interesting learnings. We've been able to identify the leading indicators of safety, like you know, cell phone usage out on the floor or someone making dangerous turns. And also be able to find when we have had issues, we've been able to, to show in real time, like, all right, here's, here's an example of something that, of a behavior someone's doing out on the floor, and we can show it to our team and say, hey, guys, here's Joe out in his forklift. Who can identify what went wrong here? We can look at things like looking in the direction of travel, wearing a safety belt, driving forward when they should be driving backward, and being able to, to identify what happened before and after to really help us to, to improve the safety of our team and to reduce the deleterious impact uh, that some of those events might have. But I'm interested in how the video image actually discovers that. It's creating a video image that the, that the AI is then detecting visually this type of behavior, or where does the actual video aspect of it fit in? Mark might have a little more, as the, the technology leader on this particular group, might have a little more to say about that. But just from, from a layman's terms perspective, when you think about AI and ML, I think a great example that we can all point to is something like Pandora. If you remember the, the music service like Pandora, you say, like, I want to listen to some rock music. Okay, what, what, what kind of rock music? That's, that's, there's a lot of different rock music. Say, okay, I want to put on, I want to listen to U2. I want to have a U2 station. So you put in YouTube album, Unforgettable Fire. So, okay, I start listening to songs. Then it plays a Coldplay song. And I, I, I like that. Thumbs up. And then when you say it, it, it gives you a Def Leppard song. Like, nah, <laughs> I don't want any report on me. Thumbs down. <laughs> and then it comes, hey, how about some Coldplay? Okay, yeah, Coldplay, thumbs up. And it comes out with some, some Credence. Like, nah, Credence isn't, isn't my jam right now. Thumbs down on Credence. Eventually, the system has learned a lot about the type of music you want to listen to when you click on your U2 station. Computer vision can do the same thing. It's still just it's information that, that the computer is looking at. It might not know philosophically, okay, that's, that's a person because I know the category of what a person looks like, but you feed it enough information and it can identify, okay, 
when these types of behaviors happen and the human provides feedback on that, that's when it can really start to learn about what behaviors we do want to see versus behaviors we don't want to see. Mark, tell me more about that from your standpoint, how that works and what makes it so innovative. Zooming out a little bit, when we look at the power of vision and cameras and warehouses, you really have to go back all the way to 1952. That's when the barcode was invented. And that's what the majority of warehouses operate on today. That's how data is captured today. It's pretty antiquated technology, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it does not capture a lot of information other than here's a barcode, here's a timestamp. The power of cameras is that you can train algorithms to look at the images. And by looking and analyzing, looking at and analyzing those images, the software can identify what is actually happening on its own. So it's basically like a person watching a video stream, writing down every single time something happens, and then creating a record of that. But instead of having to hire a person to look at the video all the time, the software does it automatically. When you take this incredibly powerful technology of vision, of computer vision, and you deploy it in warehouses, the opportunities are really endless. I mean, what Brian was talking about was looking at those safety behaviors, learning and identifying different types of behaviors based on what the customers want to see or are interested in exploring. But bigger picture, you can look at things like quality, you can look at productivity, you can look at how are people are moving through the warehouse, what are potential safety hazards, what are areas where there's congestion, how much free space do we have in different areas. Really with cameras, you can capture such an enormous amount of data that when we think about the future of warehouses, we think that cameras today already are and, and will continue to play an even bigger role in how those warehouses operate because of the power of machine learning and computer vision software. And that technology is just getting better and better every single day. Brian, tell me more about the safety aspect, because that has to be the priority. The number one thing in a warehouse before you can do anything else is to ensure your workers' safety. What are some of the safety issues that might be detected and headed off or mitigated or eliminated by the application of this technology? Absolutely. Safety focus is, is home's number one value. We feel like it's the Hippocratic Oath, right? First, do no harm. We also want our people to help each other get better. But at the very least, however many fingers and toes that come in with, I want them to leave with that <laughs> number of fingers and toes. So with that said, safety is, is paramount. And I think for, particularly for us, it's, it's capturing the leading indicators of safety. We have and technologies that allow us to, to do behavior observations where we have with people tracking kind of each other, uh, looking at each other, and, and just kind of keeping a record of that. But I think with the, the computer vision stuff, it's being able to identify if somebody pulls out a cell phone out on the floor, particularly. The computer can recognize, you, you give it enough images of this is what a, what a cell phone looks like. It's a little rectangular device that's going to look quite bright. It's going to look like it's, you know, it's in a hand. It's going to be 16 by 9 aspect ratio in somebody's hand, and a computer vision system can identify that, hey, there's a cell phone on the lift, and send out a beep, it'll send out a notification to our leadership team that we can go out and address that behavior with uh, people out on the floor. We, we have rules about cell phone usage, but there's also laws about cell phone usage out on the road, and yet I think probably every one of us has used a cell phone while driving on the road, even though there are laws against it. So even though we, we have, have those laws against doing things like that, we still want to provide feedback real-time to be able to keep each other safe. People can get behind that. I'm not confessing to anything when it comes to phones and cars, but <laughs> let's move on. Mark, I see an irony, though. The early application of automation in the warehouse introduces an extra level of danger and safety concern because suddenly you have people and machines and robots functioning in the same environment. But then the 
iteration of that, the later iteration of technology then comes along to create even more safety. So do you feel we're at a point now where the technology we're talking about is just rock solid in terms of allowing people and machines to operate in the same space without the possibility of injury resulting from that? So from our side, we're very much focused on warehouses that are basically people on forklifts, people case thinking, et cetera. There might be a couple of robots here and there in some of the locations that we're in. And safety concerns are always always paramount. But in terms of the risk between a robot and person and the types of warehouses and distribution centers that, that we're in today, we don't necessarily see the biggest risk there. We really see the biggest risk around the behavior aspect of the employees, how they operate the equipment, how they move around the warehouse. And in terms of the, the reliability and robustness of the technology today, the technology that we've been working on is deployed in hundreds of locations, thousands of sensors all across North America, probably hundreds of millions, if not billions worth of products are moving through warehouses equipped with, with this type of technology today already. So in terms of that, like it's, it's not something of the future. It's something that's being done by industry leaders like Holman Logistics today already. Okay, so this technology is very much focused on, as you say, behavior. And by behavior, we mean human behavior. How are warehouse workers of today accepting this technology? How is it fitting in? And are there any issues there, Brian? Well, certainly when you've got a camera pointing at somebody, we all get a little nervous. I, back in college, for a little while, I was a media performance major, and people would say that I was, I was really stiff on camera, and it's probably because the cameras made me nervous, <laughs> to be perfectly frank. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> to an extent, it could make people a little bit nervous for, to feel like they're being watched. But really, it, it's like with over-the-road truck drivers. I think there was initial resistance with dash cams, but when dash cams started proving that it wasn't the truck driver's fault, suddenly every truck driver probably wanted a dash cam. Yeah. I think it's a similar thing with, with this in the warehouse. The cameras are there, particularly if, if you can identify, hey, here's a way we can all be safer. Man, everybody gets on, on board with that. Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with trying to be safer. And if it can help us be more productive and reduce our overtime, yeah, absolutely. But let's go for it. So it's certainly, we're, we're focused there's a lot more on the benefits than necessarily, okay, we're going we're gonna to find all the times that you guys are bumping into the rack and we're going to fire those who, who bump into the rack. Like it's, that's, that's not really what it's about. If we can help people see the benefit from it, then they are much more likely to get on board with it early. Brian, tell me a little bit about Holman Logistics and where it fits into this picture, these innovations we're talking about, this new technology. Where are you guys in the marketplace now with regard to all that? We're a top-ranked third-party logistics company. Our headquartered out in the Pacific Northwest with operations across the United States. And from a technology perspective, we try to take targeted investments and very you know, kind of specific leading vendors to bear with our clients. We just formed a Logistics Ventures LLC, a Home and Logistics Ventures LLC, to, uh, to make some target investments to give our clients first-look opportunities. We partnered with OneTrack early on in, in their experience. Uh, we're one of their early partners. Uh, they've been an incredible partner, very responsive. We just made an investment in a, a WMS company called Fulfilled. That's an artificial intelligence and machine learning-based WMS. We really want to bring those targeted, specific opportunities to clients rather than making large swath investments that we're going to try to bring to all of our clients. Mark, what about OneTrack? Where does it play in this space, and, and what is your specialty, and where are you going in this whole 
areas, not just in terms of your partnership with Holman, but just also generally? OneTrack is a U.S.-based computer vision and AI technology company. We work with some of the largest logistics companies in North America. And at the core, we're really built on the premise that cameras are the most powerful sensors that exist. And we've developed a solution that allows logistics companies and manufacturers, shippers, to better understand what is happening in their warehouses and how to coach their employees, develop their employees, and ensure that their warehouses are the safest and fastest on the planet. Well, I want to thank both of you so much for this great conversation just about how AI and machine learning and technology is affecting operations in the warehouse and creating the warehouse of the future. Brian Downey of Holman Logistics and Mark Gongosi of OneTrack, thank you very much, both of you, for being with me today. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for having us. That was my conversation with Brian Downey of Holman Logistics and Mark Gongosi of OneTrack, talking about AI and computer vision in the warehouse. We thank Holman Logistics for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.spitechainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read our Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. And also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.